0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solution Focus Toolkit. I'm Michael Dawson from the Action Factory, and for decades we've been working to take solution focused brief therapy out of the therapy room and into your workplace. Now I'm talking to you every Monday morning because you are our ideal listener. You work in social care, education, residential, or youth work. You're in the people business, and we release on a Monday morning to remind you that you've got the greatest job in the world helping people improve their lives. This broadcast sees the world through a solution-focused lens and as always, we attempt to break down the solution-focused approach and then put it back together again in a way that works for you. As promised, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a story that's very, very close to my heart. When I was a kind of mobile uh, social worker, if you like, a mobile therapist, I used to I used to go around youth clubs, uh, colleges, all that kind of thing. And I was kind of a mobile uh, guy because a lot of young people, teenagers, would slip through the net and they wouldn't go to a kind of traditional therapist, doctors, that kind of thing. So the idea was in this project that we set up was that I would be the guy they went to. And the reason I would be the guy they went to is because... They knew me, I was always around and we would chat and things like that. And they'd say, oh, well, what does Mike do? And he'd say, Well, oh, he's a mental health worker. If you ever want to chat to him about stuff. And so it worked. It was absolutely fantastic. One evening, I was leaving a youth club. And um, as I'm about to go outside, out the door, home for the weekend, one of the uh, youth workers chased me and said, Mike, Mike, I need your help. Um, I've got a real problem. So I said, yeah, what's what's up? He said, I've got a guy upstairs. He is um, basically in pieces. He's 17 um, and he um, has got a major problem. So I don't know what to do with him. So will you have a chat with him? So I said, yeah, okay, I'll have a chat with him. No problem. I went upstairs and I'll never forget what I saw when I walked in. It's really strange to see... 17 year old guy young a ba- uh, young guy fit healthy big strong guy in pieces you know it's, it's heartbreaking he was he was absolutely in pieces crying his eyes out um, I kind of nodded to the youth worker and he left us so in time we managed to get out of him his story and his story was that basically him and his uh, brothers, his two brothers had left. A very abusive father a very man a long time ago when this when this when this guy was a lot younger and one of the brothers had gone into town bumped into the father who they'd been estranged from for many many years and told him where they were living so now this young lad is in pieces he doesn't know what to do he's terrified of this guy which again was something a, a lesson learned there you know abuse is abuse and it lasts a long time a big strong guy And he now doesn't know what to do. Um, He was sobbing, he was crying. He'd managed to tell me the problem and we managed to talk about it a little bit. And so as usual, when we do these therapeutic interventions, what I did was I I said, let's take a break, which is quite normal. Let's take a break. Let's walk away. Let's kind of calm down. So we did that. He got himself a cup of tea he was kind of getting calm I went out onto the stairwell now and when I always tell this story this is this is word for word truth I went out onto the stairwell I was fairly new to the solution focused model and I remember thinking I hate this job I don't ever want to do this job again Um I can't stand the pain that I have to see and witness and I know I wanted to go back in that room put my arms around this guy and say look Don't worry, I can help you. I'll come home with you and I'll help you do this and I'll help you do that. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to make him feel better. But I knew I was ready to quit. But I had to go back in that room and I knew I had nothing else. I only had solution focused therapy and the stuff that I'd studied and learned and stories and analogies. So I went back in the room and we started to chat. And I fell back onto the model because that was all I had. And we spoke about it. And suddenly this story kind of appeared. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. And I said, let me just tell you, you know, it looks like you, you and your family have been like a castle. You know, there are four walls. And you've always been strong and you've always been ready for anything. But now that the brother has done this, it's like one of those walls is kind of shaking, collapsing and the enemy may be over the hill. And he was going, yeah, yeah, it feels like that. it feels like that. And I said, well, what would you do if that was real, if that was the situation? He said, well, I'd I'd rebuild the wall, I suppose. And I said, OK, yeah. So what do you think? And we, we kept probing and probing and... He'd now gone from, I'm going to kill him when I get my hands on him, to, yeah, um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find him and I'm going to make up with him and we'll all of us will be strong again and we'll be ready. And I don't even know whether he'll come round to the house, but if he does, he'll be up against it. You know, and it was incredible, incredible. So I went out after the session. He left and I went out to the same stairwell to kind of just take a breath of air. And while I was there, I thought to myself, I love this job. I'm never leaving this job. I love this job. I love solution focused therapy. And the guy, the youth worker came up and he said to me, oh my God, what did you say to the guy? I said, what do you mean? He said, he's just walked out and shook my hand and said, thanks. Thanks for everything. And he's gone. And I was like, wow. Now, okay. I don't know what happened. I know that we, reju- we, we you know, I, I think it was a result that was better than we could have hoped for under the circumstances. And we, we rehearsed what he was going to say and do and all that and it, all, it felt great. It was amazing. So that's my story. And it's one of my kind of favorite passionate stories. That's absolutely true from using solution focused therapy as I have now for many, many decades. And I want to talk today about stories. I want to talk about why they mean so much to us a story was told around the campfire we could relate to a story and if you tell someone a story they can then remodel it in their minds think of two sales conferences okay sales conference one i know a lot of people in your role don't go to sales conferences but i used to do and both companies have had a great year and one managing director stands up and says, we've had a great year this year, sales are up 5%, this is up 10%, this is that, this is that. Brilliant, it's great result. The other company director stands up and says, we've had a great year this year and I wanna give you an example why. We've got a sales guy called John. Now John had an issue with a customer on Christmas Eve who couldn't get his servers running and he was in a real mess. John jumped in his car, went down there, got him up and running. And I'm going to read you what that customer said to me. And she tells the whole story of how this whole thing happened and then says, and that's the reason we've had such an amazing year. So when they go home tonight, which conference do they remember better? Because stories are powerful. And here's some of the science behind it, okay? When your brain is on data facts, figures, etc. It kind of activates only two areas of the brain that is processing the language and comprehension of the data and that activates those two areas of the brain. But what about a story? Now a story can activate seven regions of the brain and as we know the more regions of the brain we activate whilst we're uh, talking or presenting then the better. And um, and each of these regions is triggered by different parts of the story okay you've got the motor cortex which is like a kind of mirroring movement if you've got movement then it activates that part of the brain the sensory cortex that's sensitive to touch uh, and something called the broker's area which is processing language comprehension all that kind of thing and then the olfactory cortex, which again is, is, is able to process scent. Okay, uh, language comprehension, auditory cortex uh, it processes sound and the visual cortex, colours and shapes. So as you can see, when you tell stories, and we can use stories and examples with our clients all the time, the brain is more engaged, stories are more memorable stories trigger emotional responses and emotions not logic is what drives most of us to do things and stories inspire people as well to take action so I want to say that putting stories into your work is so so important and so so memorable so how do you kind of Go forward with stories of your own. First of all, I would suggest, and this is all I do, I kind of collect them. I make note of them. We do. Uh, we work with clients every day, and we do wonderful things. You do wonderful things with your clients every day, whether you're a teacher or a or a youth worker or whatever. Yeah, and having the story to tell means so much more. Um, and remember these stories whether it be physical or mental, I've told the story that I've just told you a thousand times. Um, It, it means so much to me, that story. Uh, also be willing to adapt your stories. You know, it doesn't matter if you adapt the story to kind of match the client. So be personal, connect emotionally to an audience. I don't know whether you knew, but you know, that story is so personal to me and maybe you could hear my emotion i don't know you know um avoid any complex language tell a story in your own way and let it relate to your audience and also be descriptive use the modalities as we say in neurolinguistic programming you know uh, the senses of touch movement color sound put all that into your stories most of us are incredibly impactful storytellers when we are talking about things that mean something to us. So try and help yourself to be involved in these stories, to put them into your practice. I don't know whether this is, uh, this isn't really in what you would call the catalogue of solution-focused brief therapy. But as you know, at the Action Factory, we are not pure. We don't do solution-focused brief therapy um, um, in its purest form. But I have found without shadow of a doubt, and I can give you a million examples and probably will, of the stories that I've used both in my training and with my clients. Okay, that's it for another Monday. Thank you for listening to the Solution Focus Toolkit. Have a great week. And remember, you have got the greatest job in the world. You're in the people business and you are helping people improve their lives. Uh, don't remember. Don't forget that around here somewhere you can click and sign up with us. Drop us your email. Get the desk droppers. Those are PDFs covering some of the stuff we talk about on the podcast. You get them every uh, every kind of week or two. Really, really useful. We call them desk droppers. So do sign up for those and do hit us up on the next episode because on the next episode we are talking about how you could improve your service or business using the principles of solution focused therapy. Could you tell how I hesitated to say the word therapy? I'm sorry. Okay. See you next week.